Well, I'm telling you that we are, we're on. Right now? We're on right now. Like the show's on. The show's on. Like the show started? It's, start, it's begun. Why are there pizza boxes on the table? Because that's IDK pizza. Oh, it's delicious. I just had four slices of pizza. No, I was fucking around because... You have a mute button now. <laughs> a cough button. Yeah. Can hear me. You just COVIDed that mic. COVIDed? Oh. Is COVIDed a word? I'm over it. We have a special guest. This is a long time in the making, Adam Lieberman. You don't even know. I, I just met him the other night. To the point where we actually agreed on doing this like two weeks ago, and then like I fucked up and forgot to even follow up. You know I was, what? Like, I'm shocked by that. On that a statement, Sunday. That statement you just summed up. Uh, yeah. You fucked up <clears throat> on a schedule. I'm Rob, shocked. Yeah. Right? Uh, Robbie Squires is joining us. We, were, we had an over-under on the... How do you pronounce the last name? Well, that wouldn't be an over-under, but it was a... Just a bet. It was just a bet. But we all got it right. Yeah. We all said... Squ well, Chase, did you think it was Squires? What did you think it was? I mean, I don't know what I thought it was. I, <laughs> you wanted to buy a vowel, just, pretty yeah, much. Look, look at this. <clears throat> yeah, it's Squires. How is, it, how is that anything but Squires? What did, squirrels. Wait, what, what, what were you... Were you like... What did you think? I, I I was thinking curious maybe uh, yeah like like maybe it was French maybe it was like like a, a oh squares 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 okay what are you what nationality are you I'm I'm like a Chex mix my mother uh, like a Chex mix is a Native American Mexican German my father was Italian so I kind of like just thrown in there boom yeah um so Instagram's an amazing thing yes what? I've I have lost track how many cool people I have met on the gram in, since I've just moved here in the last five years. Robbie being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of people will consider that creeping. <laughs> well, but we, but we talk. We comment. We talk. Yeah. 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 I don't even remember. I feel like we're Facebook friends, too. Is that possible or no? Yes. I feel like we are. We met through Julian Marquez. Right. The fighter. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Through Julian. <laughs> Julia Marquez, shout out to Julia, who fights on June 18th in Austin, Texas. And I'm I'm considering I'm considering flying to LA, talking Randall Emmett into firing up the jet and flying us over to Austin. In the Moody Center. Brand new arena. Oh, I don't even just know that. Months. How just do you open, know all this? Just opened maybe three weeks ago. I don't even know that. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. On the campus of UT. How do you know that? Horns. John, I'm a wealth of irrelevant information, <laughs> as we know. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, we met through uh, Julian Marquez, mm -hmm. and that was, what, maybe four years ago? Four and a half. Yeah. Now, how'd you meet Julian? Julian <coughs> uh, punched me in the face. We were sparring partners okay. for about a year and a half before he moved out to uh, Glory MMA. Uh, we were over here in Las Vegas, and we always got good work in, and then I got to help him with his... Uh, rehab from him going through surgery for his lat and we would just hit pads and be in the gym together a lot so what's it like getting hit in the face punched in the face by julian marquez that can't be fun um i get i get hit by everyone you're used to it yeah i'm just you dumb. spar with a lot of guys i do yes can you name some of the guys you you've uh sparred with or is that against uh no. code <laughs> i could uh let's say all, a lot of the heavyweights anybody above 205 in las vegas i've been with really yeah and when you spar, though, you're not trying to knock their head. You're there working for them. I mean, you're really yeah. trying to give them some work that they are looking to get in, right? Yes. Yeah, so, like, I, I mimic a lot of well, uh, well bigger guys. Uh, I was brought into Frank Muir's camp when he fought Mark Hunt. And this was back in 2014, 15-ish. 
And then since then, I was just brought in. You know, people were able to trust me. I don't go headhunting. Right. And that's a big thing, right? Yes. Is is guys have trouble finding guys they trust? Yes. In the gym, because a lot of people try to like make a name for themselves. Oh, and, I hit this guy. Like, right. Okay, we're all fighters. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know George St. Pierre used to talk about that all the time. Like there'd be some guys, and he'd be like, he'd just call it right, right in the mm-hmm. middle of a session. Like, all right, next. Forget yep. it. Mm-hmm. You're you're too much. Like. You're not here for the right reason, right? Yeah, you're not in the mindset. You're not here to help me or we're not benefiting each other. So kind of got to get out of here. So when you are in there sparring, are mm-hmm. you trying to mimic what the, the opponent for the fight is going to be and do? Yes. So you study that person then a little bit? Yes, I study. I do a SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats on them. And this is how I do it for either my fighters or myself. So I can get in that like, okay, he throws an overhand left, a left body shot. I'll do the same exact thing. How long have you been fighting? Uh, I've been training since 2009. I started fighting in 2010, so 12 years. And then, go ahead. No, no, because you mentioned, I, you know, I did a little creeping, you okay. know, a little creeping. <laughs> um, but I saw that this next fight is mm-hmm. the first one you've ever been paid for? Is yes. that true? Yes, no, I've finally found an opponent that wanted to fight, and uh, I'm getting paid for it. So, but, so in the past, all your fights were just... Amateurs and smokers. Because, yeah. Okay. I learned something that at the uh, we went and saw obviously because we ran into you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to Tough Enough on uh, Friday. Yes, I didn't know that in amateur there's no elbows mm-hmm. and there's no. I already forgot the other knees, right? Mm-hmm. No knees and no no knees to the face or mm-hmm. knees to the body to the face to the face. So yeah. no knees to the face, no elbows in the amateur. I did not know that. Yeah, so you take away the weapons that could really hurt people, right? And uh, sometimes it doesn't help. So. Yeah, that guy that sat next to me, I, I think he was a judge in the earlier, because he definitely knew his shit. And yeah. He was telling us about the amateurs and how people don't realize that. And when they're not doing it, they're like, hit him with an elbow, <clears throat> you know, and obviously they can't do that. They're yeah. Want to, but you can't. yeah. I was thinking it, too, because a lot of times they were clinched up in the amateur fights. And I was like, oh, my God, help, why is this guy elbow off the break? Nobody elbows off the break. Now I know why, because yeah. you can't. You're yeah. not allowed to. OK, yeah. that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and so your story, the last, so when I first <laughs> met you, yeah. you were in a, let's call it a rough patch. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, tell us everything. Um, <clears throat> our first interaction with John, uh, you hit me up on Instagram and Julian had mentioned that, Hey, this guy's going through some stuff. You might want to talk to him. And at that point I had just broken my face. Nobody wanted to fight me in Muay Thai. So I went and tried out MMA. And so I fought on tough enough in 2018 and. I fought uh, a replacement fight because my original guy backed out, kind of reoccurring theme in life. And he threw a jab and his finger slipped under my eyeball and it broke the Ooh. orbital floor and it made a, made me get a $98,000 orbital floor surgery. I had to bring in two specialists and I had a plate that just melted in my bone. So I thought I'd never fight again. And at that point with the, um, the show, the, mm-hmm. the Tough Enough, do they pay for any of this or is it so with the uh, amateur promotion by law you have to have a certain dollar amount of insurance covered to each fighter you know some guys just get cut some guys like me go and have medical freak accidents so thankfully jeff meyer and you know the tough enough guys they uh, they got good insurance and they were able to take care of it and now I don't have a metal plate in my face. That's awesome. Not only do you not have a metal plate, I, I couldn't you tell. I mean, yeah. I, I, I would I, never know. No. Yeah, no, it was a very. Uh, it was like a six-hour surgery, uh, seventeen-millimeter break from the orbital floor to my cheekbone, um, <laughs> just because dude had his 
couldn't throw a punch properly, put his finger out and just slipped under my eye. Wow. Yeah. So the doctors were like, the only reason you still have your eyeball is because the fat in your face was holding it together. So it was like, oh, this is a career-ending injury, and I had to make peace with it, and it went against everything I knew in life, and my work started to fall apart, and eventually my relationship ended, became homeless for a couple months, and COVID hit. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, 2019 was a great year. And depression, to oh, yeah. say the least, right? So not even just dealing with the depression, but I was on uh, anti-depression medicine and stuff, and that made me like a rock, to the point to where like, when I lost everything, um, I found myself numb and I held a Glock to my, to my brain. And I heard a voice that just doesn't end here, you know, keep going. And from that moment on, I just grinded. So I was working private security on the strip and COVID hit and everything just went to the wayside. So I was able to do like two, three shifts and just save my money and get on my feet. And a couple of my friends took me in after four months and um, I love those guys forever. You know, being kind is uh, very rare these days, but those guys showed me love and they took me in and I was able to rebuild my life and now we're here. Wow. <laughs> Two years. So you said you were living on the streets. Yeah, I was in my car, yeah. You were on the, in the car on the mm. streets, wow, that's incredible. So I'd pull up to like Syndicate or EOS before, you know, all the lockdowns had happened and I would just park there and know like once the sun comes up I can go and shower and get on Uber, or do whatever I need to do that day do pad work in the car, I mean, in like the park or whatever, so. Wow. So yeah. you were still still training, oh, still working at it. I was training fighters that didn't even know. And then once it got really bad, they were like, well, how can we help you? And You know, I was just trying to process everything, so. Did you not want to ask them for help? Like, I didn't know how hard, to ask for Hard help. to do. Yeah, no, I just didn't know how to ask. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, of course, you don't want to like come off as, hey, you know, I need work, but. It's the only thing that kept my mind like going. Sure. Yeah. 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 And how did you get from that point to your at the low? I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. it's not an overnight thing. Yeah. But how did it progress? What What were the key steps for you? Uh, I broke my face. I lose my job on the strip. I lose my relationship, my fiance. I become homeless, and then um, the whole holding a gun to my head—that was like the lowest. And then I reached out and I started going to therapy, and I just started getting things going small you know people needed rides here i'll do it and um it was just those daily like you got to do this got to do this and just keep going forward and now i'm here and <laughs> i get to live my dream you know yeah. two years later so yeah can't ever give up on yourself and did your fiance she was that as a result of the injury like the because things got rough she got going type of deal yeah, so she told me, you either choose fighting or you choose me. Oh, wow. And so my dream, you know, is finally coming. I'm, I'm fighting, right. doing all this. I go take a trip to Thailand. I go out there and train with Sitman Chai and Master Toddy and all that. And uh, I fall in love with the sport again. I'm like, you know, if I can't fight, I'm going to coach. And so I made that decision to be like, look, I'm going to leave fighting. I'm going to pursue you. And uh, I made that choice. So I gave up. I ballooned probably 100 pounds, was in like the 330s. And um, for two years, I just grinded and pad worked and coached these fighters. I got a couple guys in PFL and um, smaller name shows and whatnot. So it was busy. It was good. And what are you sitting at now weight-wise, if you don't mind me asking? Like 295. Okay. Yeah. So I'll fight at 265, which isn't too crazy, but that's, that's my weight class. I fight heavyweight. So you are scheduled to fight 
Saturday? Yes. I was originally supposed to fight Saturday, but my opponent uh, called the promoter and just was all like, I don't want to fight him. Here's, I just, no excuse. Promoter calls me. He's like, we're looking for a replacement for you. Um, stay, stay busy, stay vigilant. And um, I just found out. So I'm kind of like, all this work means, still it means a lot to me that I was still able to do it. But I got a fight scheduled in July in LA and then September. Okay. We're, this weekend's supposed to be uh, San Diego, right? San Diego for Triumph and Muay Thai. So it still could happen. Yeah, if maybe. they find a replacement, yes. So, like, I'm, I'm ready to go. You'll fight anyone, anytime type of deal. I fought you don't a guy, care who it is. I fought a guy who's 4 and 360, all knockouts, and he knocked me out. Like, I'm not scared of anybody. Like, right. the stuff that I've walked through in life is scarier than anybody in the ring. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's like, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to take that all in. It's like so much, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, and I don't want to say a black cloud, and because that's not the term, but yeah, no, it I just, you. you know, you have an opportunity here to finally get paid to do what you love, yeah, and that shit happens. You know, I, I was talking to the promoter, and he was just, he was upset as I was. He's all like, "We know you've trained, dude. Was begging for a fight. He sees who you're training with. We know this." Um, and you're training with some of the best guys out there in Las Vegas in the UFC, Pelator, PFL, all that stuff. And maybe, you know. He just, oh, right. That was like intimidating. Like, holy but he, shit. he's number two in the US. So it's all like I'm the one taking the bigger risk, not right. Him, you know, so it's okay. I'm, I'll either fight him later down the line or I'll just step above him. And this isn't MMA. This is Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thai boxing. Which is even more violent <laughs> and it I mean it's all elbows right all knees all, these all cuts, elbows yeah. like it's just scary shit it's tough yeah yeah it's the biggest blessing in my life though yeah how did you stay positive through it all uh faith and knowing that hey if if people like Nagano can make it i have no excuse i'm in america like there this is the land of opportunity like i have to get up i got to grind i have an opportunity to use my legs use my hands there was one point I was washing people's cars just to make, you know, Extra food. Yeah. And I was like, man, I just got to keep going, keep going. And then two years later, like, I'm coaching, you know, really good level athletes and people trust me. And now I got my own business and all this great that, In a short amount of time, you really yeah. think about it. Couple I mean, years. yeah. Yeah. Since November 2019 till now. Yeah. It's it's astounding. Like I, I haven't had time to process. How did you get dialed in with everybody? Like, how are you able to like, how did you, how did the PI happen? Like, do you just show up? Like, how does it, how does it work? I, I have a lot of fighter friends Yep. and a couple of my clients work at headquarters and whatnot. And so they were like, Hey, do you want to hold pads for so-and-so? And it's just been this thing and I'm very fortunate and they trust me. So I'm doing something. Okay. Um, I recently got, choked out by a Glover <laughs> in a little spit he did. So you'll be seeing that pretty soon. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a trustworthy person in a sense like that. And then the Muay Thai that, you know, not a lot of people can hold traditional Thai pads or, you know, correct elbows and work on stuff like that. Now, how close are you are with, you're close with the UFC. We've been trying mm -hmm. to get a little doorway <laughs> put in at the end of this driveway. Not the guy. Okay. <laughs> not the guy. I'm not the guy. <laughs> he might be the guy to just knock the wall down. <laughs> I mean, well, he well, might I, be that guy. Be, I mean, I don't know how Dana feels about that, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, no, I no, 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 not, okay. Just, I'm just spitballing ideas here, Robbie. This is just, we're just brainstorming. That's okay. So let's cross that off the list. It's like we throw things on the wall and we see what sticks. Right. That's what we do. Or have Robbie go through the wall. Either way, either thing works. Yeah. Happen. It didn't stick. It fell. No, so we're not doing that. All right. Cool, the Kool-Aid man. Have you seen the yeah. Family Guy? Yeah. Thing? So yeah, I have that big 
uh, belly pad. <laughs> and sometimes people are like, you know who you remind me of? I'm like, I already know. <laughs> so let me ask this. So we, uh, Jackass the movie, mm -hmm. the recent one. Mm -hmm. uh, Francis gets in there and just, I think it was a left. Yeah. If I might remember correctly. Hits the dude in the... Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now, have you experienced something similar to that? Oh, I've, I've sparred Francis. Yeah. Okay. He's so, kicked me in the face and it, I didn't know dude kicked. So, I mean, shout out to him and uh, one of the greatest people, not just fighters or champions, sure. but people. He's very kind, very well-spoken. Yeah. Um, but the dude threw a kick and I had a bruise for about a week. When you're sparring with someone like that, even though you know, like it's, uh, I don't know, friendly is the right word, but you know, he's, he's, his intent is not to kill you. Mm -hmm. uh, is it still a little scary though? Like he's a big dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, he's he's big. I fought guys who are his his size and whatnot, um, but there's there's other men that I've worked with, like uh, one of my main training partners, Carl Simufutaya. He's a Samoan out of uh, the Bay Area, so we moved out here, kind of not together, but uh, we still train together. And that man, like. I have nightmares about that guy. Really? Yeah, he he hits like a truck. They they're main sparring partners for each other, so um, I get good work wherever I can. Very fortunate for that. It seems like the heavyweights are getting uh, more athletic, yeah. uh, like now compared to even five, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. um, they move not like what you'd picture heavyweights to no. move like. Even some of the boxers. I mean, even even Ruiz, yeah. you know, kind of moves, or, and obviously Tyson Fury, like they mm -hmm. move great. How? Well, why is that all of a sudden? Why? Mm -hmm. Why is that? I know for a fact both those guys they train out here in Vegas under Capitillo, and I don't know how he does it, but those, that mental connection and the respect that. All those guys have for him he's doing something right yeah um even as a heavyweight like you want to move like a lightweight that's how i was trained um so re imagining like okay you gotta do more explosiveness more box jumps uh footwork drills all that type of stuff goes into it get away from the butter bean <laughs> right no yeah. exactly yeah. you know yeah. yeah yeah you don't see anybody throwing haymakers anymore right no, yeah skill. no you don't it's see all that. skill yeah 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 you last a lot longer too like what? but like Brain-wise. Oh, brain-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's the goal for you? Is the goal, obviously, you want to get this first fight, but, like, if you mm -hmm. could look down the road three years, four years, five years, like, is the UFC the ultimate goal or? Not at all. No, I'm, I'm not built for MMA. Uh, oh, okay. You can tell. <laughs> Broke my face for it. Um, I'm, I'm living the dream, just being able to wake up every day and train and, you know, spread Muay Thai and try to uh, build my life off of it. I have a business, I coach people with it. And um, I think just if I could ever fight for a WBC belt, that's that's my goal. Boxing? Uh, they have a Muay Thai. Oh, aspect. they have a Muay Thai, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the goal. So I mean, even if I can just get, you know, maybe one shot at a green belt, that, I'll, I'll put them up, I'm good. What is the premier Muay Thai promotion, is there? I would say um, the longest running would be WCK out of California. Uh, be fighting for them in July. Uh, they based out of Burbank, LA. They build a ton of great fighters. Um, got Lion Fight with Scott Kent. You got Jeff Quarez and Triumph Promotions. Um, those are the three. And then you got the guys on the East Coast, Rami Ibrahim uh, with Freedom Promotions. So, I mean, there's a collective group um, that are all doing their part to push Muay Thai into the mainstream. And because you don't see, because I, I kind of, like I said, I did a little research. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Adam's dying here today. You all right? What's yeah. going on? The Dr. Pepper went down the wrong yeah. pipe. No, um, you were going to be finding at like um, the Hilton Mission Valley. Yes. So a convention yes. center. Yes. So do these fights not take place in 
arenas as has not gotten to that level yet or even a small arena like Cox Pavilion? Yes, it will. Hopefully soon they will be getting to that level of ballrooms, more intimate shows, higher quality fights. That's what the fans, I think, would want to see more carnage and elbows and stuff like that. Um, but it takes it, it take it took a while to even get full rules elbows. You know, they took away 12 to 6 in the UFC because of an ice competition. Like, I've been hit with a 12 to 6. It's not the worst thing that you can get hit with. I think a knee to the face is worse. I mean, you know? a knee to the face, a, yeah. a, a spinning kick. I mean, yeah. there's a million things I feel like they're... Anything mm -hmm. to this moneymaker yeah. yeah. I worry about. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have anybody fighting in Tough Enough? Or were you just there just This weekend? Out? No, my company, uh, Pro-Am Medical, one that I work for, we were the title sponsor for the event. Oh, okay. That was the yeah. gentleman sitting in front of you in the suit with a blondish hair? Yeah. And it, like, a, right, the owner? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the guy, that was the owner. Right. Yeah. He, okay. took the, he took the card home. Yeah. The ring card. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, I, so how I got in connects with that guy was he was just angry on Facebook one day. And he was like, I just want to punch somebody. And me being the hustler that I am, I was like, mm -hmm. you could punch me in the face. I don't care. If you pay me. So I drove up to his office. Come on. Yeah, drove up to his office, and he was all incredible. like, all right, we're going to do this. And so I pulled out my belly pad and my focus mitts, and we just got to training in 100-degree heat. And he's Had an he had any training? None. Wow. So yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. You were following him on? We're friends on Facebook. You're friends on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Do do, like, fight <laughs> medicals. I'm reaching out, telling people go. Uh, get their done get their medicals done with this guy. He's really clean really instant had never met him never met him But he was all like hey, I just want to punch somebody That's what I do So I went to his office and then he loved me the first day that we walked in and then I started training his entire staff And they were like do you want a job and I was like what would you guys need help with? Admin work. I was like I can use a computer so and this was back when times were a little rough 100% yeah Man. didn't tell him that I was homeless I was just like I just need an opportunity see they need <laughs> they don't they talk about all the negative shit about yeah. social media and yeah. how you know it, it's it's uh, it, it makes people less social and people are dinner and families are just mm -hmm. they're buried in their phone they're not talking to the people they're with and here's a great example of it does it can yeah. be incredibly beneficial and but that's good. what it was designed for and what right. it's become is the issue yeah, you know, right. The um, the bullying and all that shit that takes right. place. Because yeah. we were talking to you, I don't know who I was talking about this the other day. We were talking about how, you know, when people went used to go to school, you know, when you left school, your bullying was right. done. Three o'clock, it was three over, man. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. follows you home. Yeah. yeah, can't get no sleep if you're connected to the phone. Right. Know? Yeah. And, and, and I know we're all guilty of it. First thing yeah. in the morning, laying in bed. Check oh, my emails. Check my email. Check my Instagram. Check mm -hmm. this. Check that. First thing in the morning, how about 4 a.m. when I pee? What am I doing that I need to pick this up <laughs> and just see what's going on? Well, that's in a whole nother On a pee break. Issue, yeah, it's, yeah. You're hydrated. Um, well, yeah, there you go. That's um, wow, so that's amazing. So so you went over there and... Uh, started you, training him. Started training him, and he mm -hmm. got to punch you in the face a couple times. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. In the, uh, Not just the mitts? You were like, all right. You he missed. Him. He, I'd give him, oh. give him stuff all the time. Like, the mitt was here, and he punched me, and we laugh about it. Teeth were fine, so. Why do I, like, and, and it's the terrible envision. I'm, like, envisioning the guy in downtown Fremont that you pay to kick him in the nuts. And that's, like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's not the same. No. Yeah. But, but I'm, like, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, do, you, and do you enjoy it, though? Like, I enjoy it, teaching. It's a part of it. Like, I mean, being a fighter is not, you know, the stuff you see on TV. It's the stuff sure. that you get up, you wake up, you go do your miles, you... You're kind to people. I've never had to use my martial arts outside of fighting, and that's why I got into it. Let me ask that question. How did you get into it? I was a bad teenager. Okay. I got jumped by a group of guys in San Francisco, and uh, I met up with somebody, and I tried to buy a gun. 
I was going to go handle business. I was just angry. I was 16. And um, turns out my mom didn't tell me he was an undercover cop. And so I was looking at felony charges, and he uh, gave me the <coughs> option of you can work at my friend's gym, or I can take you and you're going to juvie on, you know, trying to buy a firearm. And Wait, you said your mom didn't tell you that it was an undercover cop? Your mom cop. knew. My mom knew. Your mom, like, set you up to get you on the right yeah. path. Yes. I'll, I'll love really? Mom, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because she couldn't help me, you know, like, she tried. And, um... And why did they, when you said you were a bad kid, meaning when they jumped you, you were running with the angry. wrong crowd type of thing? Or what you were innocent that day? Wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time. And it happens, but I knew these guys. And um, uh, mentally, were you really going to go buy yes. that guy? You were ready I had to cash. take care of it. Mm -hmm. And you're ready to handle yeah. your business. And that's why my story is. And like you were how old? 16. How old are you now? 30. Okay. I was ready to throw everything away just because I was angry. So you took that anger and put it elsewhere. I learned I couldn't afford the gym, so that was very devastating to like any hope I had for the future because it was either going to the military uh, or go to school. So I went and tried for the army and did the ASVAB, did everything. That didn't work out. I had a dislocated shoulder. They said no. I'm like okay, so I went to school, played football, and then football wasn't you know what I thought it was going to be. And then the incident happened, and the next week I'm in the gym, scrubbing the mats, cleaning. Teaching kids class six months down the line, all that. Close to dad growing up? No. No. Nope. He uh, recently came into my life about five years ago. Really? Mm -hmm. What was that like? Um, it's, it's a process. We're, we're good now. We're talking every other week. Things are good. I've, like I said, I've, I've gone through therapy. I've been able to forgive him and just show him like, hey, like we can fix this now. I'm mm -hmm. not going to hold on to baggage. Right. And, yeah. he, you know what's interesting is, is in... I thought he had passed. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason I say that yeah. is because when you were talking about him earlier, you said something like he was Italian. Mm -hmm. and oh, I, excuse me. Yeah. No, no, oh, no, yeah. no. And that's why, yeah. you know, that yeah. in my head, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, it yeah. didn't, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, he wasn't, he wasn't around. Him and my mom had divorced right when I was born, so. Yeah. And that's where the anger kind of stemmed from, some of it, or? Mm, not necessarily. Like, I, I was homeless when I was seven. I started working when I was seven, and um, just not fitting in, not being a cool kid, whatever you want to call it. Just, you know, just trying to survive, not even understanding like, oh, I was here, I was there, you know. Fucking incredible. I'm sorry. Just yeah. incredible when you think of seven years old, homeless, 16, going to buy a gun. Yeah. What you went through in 2019 and now to be sitting here today at age 30. Yeah. Bravo, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely one of the cool kids now. I mean, you're sparring with Francis Ghana with P.I. and fucking... That was a good tour. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I don't want to ever... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, they're great people, man. I'm just fortunate enough that I could offer something. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, we had Randy in last week. Yeah. And, and amazing. I mean, yeah. and if his mentality and his culture takes goes to Extreme Couture as well, mm -hmm. I can just see that... How successful the, the guys oh yeah are no i love those guys i love all those guys and the girls out there you know people who really put in the work like you can't do nothing but respect and love them i, th I think maki fights out of there doesn't he mm -hmm. yeah yeah he just knocked a guy out in yeah. florida yeah. this week yeah, yeah. and then a little and left hook you i know. was texting him because i was hoping his brother was going to win yeah. and have it you know but, yeah um but it's let, okay let me ask you this and i mentioned this to john uh tough enough the other night all the guys that lost mm -hmm. ripped their gloves off Mm -hmm. and just took their gloves off in the ring. Yeah. And where I came from and where, like, because I grew up playing sports, mm -hmm. like, 
it's yes, you're upset. I get all that. Mm -hmm. But it's still you behave in a manner that is yeah. respectful to that. One hundred percent. There but there's also things with state commissions. They'll tell you when you're walking back to the corner, like, hey, we need those gloves to go to the next fighter. Oh really? So, oh. so there's not like a it's not emotional. It's mm -hmm. more of like Okay, the commission's on my case. I have to give it and hand it oh, off. Oh, they used they all use the same gloves. Certain cases, but if they if they're not, and you can tell like they're emotionally frustrated. Yeah, yeah. It, apples to oranges. MMA is way different than traditional boxing or Muay Thai. Sure. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Me neither. I didn't know that. Yeah. So like I've promoted my own shows and I've had to have glove runners run and give it to the next fighter and stuff like that. And then in my sport, we kind of like have superstitions about gloves. So like if I'm in the red corner and we get ready three fights before that, if the person who knocked somebody out or won, we want those gloves because they have good juju. Right, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all about good juju. That's it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's why you're friends with Julian. He's uh, all about man, the juju. I love that guy. He's, yeah. Man. Uh, how did you meet him? Punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the, yeah, at the PI? Syndicate, or? yeah. At Syndicate. Syndicate, yes. So you've yeah. trained all over. Uh, not in the sense that I bounce around, but right. you got to find bigger bodies because I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. So uh, my home gym, it was syndicate at the time, and um, I still claim them. I, I love those guys. My clinic works right next door, so I see Coach Wood all the time. That's right here, right? Yep, right syndicate down here on, on Sunset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. No, I thought, uh, isn't syndicate me. Rainbow and Sunset and Rainbow? Yeah, it's right here, yeah. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Is it that way? I don't know. I get all turned around. You got me. I have no idea. I have no clue. <laughs> it's over by the cracked egg. Yes. Right. Or Bonchon. Got okay. Bonchon. Yeah, what's that? It's fried chicken. Korean fried chicken. Wait, it's on Rainbow? Yeah. 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 It's right next to the McDonald's? Friday. Where, where, like, uh, uh. You know the big Boyd building? Yeah. Yeah. So it's in that little pavilion. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you like fried chicken, it's money. Okay. Note to self. That's okay. Uh, <clears throat> so what is your schedule? What, uh, what's your... My weekly schedule? Yeah. My daily schedule? Like, yeah. What's your daily schedule? I, I schedule every training session Sunday night. So all my guys that I train, girls that I train, I shoot a text like, I got this availability. I got this availability. So tomorrow I'm waking up at 6 a.m., hitting miles in my sauna suit. Um, 9 o'clock I'll go drive, pick up guys, go train them. Um, I'll spar tomorrow night. And then I'll work from eight till midnight, driving around. Always something. Dri driving around Uber. Oh, Uber. Yeah. Okay. So I do Uber on the so side. So do you still work for uh, the guy that um, ProM? Pro yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I do marketing and pretty much fight relations. So if any fighter in the country needs medicals, <laughs> shoot me a DM and I'll set them up for you with my scheduling team. Yeah. And that's the stuff they need, like in, for any promotion, like yes. you have to get cleared, right? Mm -hmm. Is it? So like doctor medicals, physicals, blood yep. work, everything. I handle it all. Mm. Yeah. So do you like it? I love it because not only do I get to see up and coming fighters, I get to work with fighters that I used to watch on TV, and they're like, "Well, I need an MRI done." Okay, cool. Set it up. Boom. Here's your bill. Things are easy, easy mm. peasy. Yeah. So he sounds like he's the doctor of Dr. Kim, the dentist. He's the doctor side of it. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? Dr. Yeah. Kim has punched me in the mouth multiple times. That man has a good straight. He does, huh? Yeah, we box together on Saturdays. He yeah. can kick, too. I've seen videos of him kicking. He can also do nunchucks and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and his kid, I mean, yeah. the kid is two years old. He's he's going to be a fighter at some point. Yeah. I love it. I came out, uh, I went to the UFC fight on Saturday, mm -hmm. and um, I came out of the back, and I saw Dr. Kim um, 
just from the back. Mm -hmm. And I didn't recognize him because I didn't realize, like, he's gotten in crazy shape, Dr. Kim. Like, his traps, like, mm -hmm. his back. Like, I honestly thought, I was trying to think when I first saw it, I was like, Who, which fighter is That's this? That's just him carrying the kid all the and, time. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. That's what it is. And I, I was like, Doc, like, I didn't even recognize you from behind. Like, I thought you were a fighter. I thought mm -hmm. you were, like, a pro fighter. Well, yeah. if you look on those gold Versace shoes, that's... Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. he's, uh, he works he's hard. a character. He deserves it. Oh, he works hard, yeah. yeah. And he is the parlay king. Holy shit. <laughs> he hit two of them yesterday. Crazy money. Man. This guy fires off $1,000 eight-team parlays. <laughs> Who does that like a psycho? <laughs> I've, I've seen it. When I used to do undercover security, uh, I was with Korean businessmen at one of the hotels here. Yeah. And they were just playing blackjack, you know. And uh, in Vegas, the color of the chip is a differential for the amount of money. Yep. So I was like, I've never seen that color before. And so I look on my, my little cheat sheet. I'm like the dude is betting a hundred thousand dollars a hand. It's a brown. It's like a brown chip, right? Like the like a chocolate. Chocolate or, chips yeah. are tw are fifty thousand. Okay. This one was a hundred thousand, so it was a green wow. chip. Yeah. And uh, he just I'm has a stack the, of twenty. The red ones and the green ones. Fives, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Fives and twenty five. Always. Yeah. Always. I had a, I had one cranberry in my hot little hand last year. Mm. Yeah. Twenty five thousand. No, I got it. Okay. Whose was it? Mine. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's good. Yeah. You know. So well, I can give him shit. We, he's actually, John's known me for, I'm 42, so he's probably known me for about 48 years. I'm using years, my cough pedal. About 48 years. <coughs> uh, my dad used to represent his dad in the 70s. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Does he even know your dad? I do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know a little history, yeah. Yeah. Just from Google or anything, like you would, you know the name. No, he's way too young. Performs at uh, oh, yeah. okay South Point. Yeah. yeah, that's a hotel. Yeah. 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 Mind you, did you see the video of him uh, this weekend at Epcot in the ponchos in the pouring rain? No. Oh, it was raining there? Pouring. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah, so they all got ponchos. So it's pretty funny to see. You got to change. I didn't see that. Yeah. So Love what that. is, so in Muay Thai, do you have the same drug um, sanctions and everything else that yeah. UFC does? So are you getting randomly checked and all that kind of stuff or different? So it's not to the level to which, you know, Olympic athletes or sure. USADA athletes are, but we still get tested for things. And uh, if you pop, you're, you're dishonorable, you know, but a lot of people use the loopholes and, and all that fun stuff. But I, I'm a clean athlete. I don't do nothing. I don't even like whey protein. So give me a real steak. <laughs> I don't like whey protein just because it tears my stomach up. Yeah. I just realized that's what it was mm -hmm. like a few months ago. Definitely try isolate. It's no dairy. Okay. Yeah. Any brand that you're rocking with or no, no, no sponsors. No, yeah. no none for that. Yeah. yeah. So that's the next thing. We gotta get you some sponsors, right? I got, I got a couple. I love them. Very yeah. great people. Yeah. Who who do you have? Uh, Pro Am Medical. They okay. Do, they do my fight medicals. Yep. Um, I work with Hot Suit. It's a sauna suit company that a ton of like fighters use when they're just jogging or hitting pads. They use it to cut weight. Um, I built a really good network with them how miserable is cutting weight is it awful well for me like i'm a huge guy so i have a ton of fat and a ton of water so like it's i wouldn't say i have to cut weight but i'm but you said better. you're at 295 you're gonna fight at 265 mm -hmm. so you were gonna drop 30 pounds by the 28th yeah so i was on i was on trajectory like i hit 288 and once i hit that i was gonna be good to go keep going and i was doing a pound a day so, like, if they called you tomorrow and said, okay, it's on for Friday or Saturday, could you 
I'll do my damnedest. Yeah, but we have to negotiate a bit. But <laughs> okay, right? Because yeah. you say, "Hey, look, it fell like, out." You, you, you told know? me that right. it wasn't happening. But okay, like, hey, let's go. Right. I'll, I'll do damn near anything to get to that weight. Yeah. And then and is, is that considered a catch weight? At, it would at, be a catch weight at heavyweight. At yeah. heavyweight. Yeah. But even like with Muay Thai, there's certain promotions that allow super heavyweight. So it's like no weight limit. Right. So it's like you don't even have to cut weight at that point. So, but for people who like are walking at like 175, 180 and they have to get with 155, then that's when you see the um, percentage of weight. Like you have to get really right. dialed in and stuff like that. It's tough. I can't even, like, I've seen these guys do weight cuts, and I just can't even mm -hmm. fathom how they do it. Yeah. I really can't. And then the, the amazing thing was, like, I was, the fact that, um, what fight was it? It was uh, the Oliveira Gaethje fight. Yeah. Oh. The fact that Gaethje had put on 10 pounds yeah. in the matter mm -hmm. of an hour right. after, it's like, Holy shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Science crazy. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And the crazy thing is you can't always judge how they look. Because mm -hmm. some guys, to me, like I'll see them at a press conference, you know, or the, at the weigh-ins. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, oh, there's no, ch he's fucked. Like, mm -hmm. there's no way. And then he's fine. Like, he ends up being fine. He can't just go by. Even Connor sometimes back in the day. Connor looked terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, when he was uh, fighting at, 45. When he was fighting at 45, yeah. like his like his jawline, everything. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, my God, he looks sick. Really nice guy, though. Connor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. the king. I love the I've never met him, but I, I'm a fan, yeah. clearly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I wore a diaper for this man. I'm, uh, <laughs> Have you heard this story? Yeah. No. Oh, oh. God. So your, your friend, uh, Julian, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, actually, I don't know if Julian was that bet. No, Julian was after that. This was the MMA. fucking this chip. Was... Where's the chip? Uh, wherever it is. Um, yeah, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so, well, you know George and Goes from MMA Junkie Radio, probably. Mm -hmm. um, they used to be over at Mandalay Bay. Mm -hmm. So I'm on their show um, when they announced Connor Floyd. Mm. Um, and so, actually, I was not supposed to be on the show. I think I was just there hanging out. Mm -hmm. And then they knew I'm like a Connor fanboy. So, like, hey, come on. Uh, and Angelo Reyes, do you know Angelo? Mm -hmm. but, okay, so yeah. Angelo was on, okay. on the, as like the real guest on the show, mm -hmm. and so then they knew, you know, he's going to be talking about Floyd, you know, yeah. he's going to kill Connor or whatever, and so they were like, oh, let's put Orlando on there, and mm -hmm. this will be good TV, and uh, and somehow we ended up making a bet. I made a bet with Angelo and George and Goes. <laughs> uh, you know, they didn't want to bet money though. I said, well, what do you want to bet? And so George said. Well, if Connor loses, you have to walk around Mandalay Bay for 30 minutes in a diaper. Okay. Nothing but a diaper. I don't even know like what he was supposed to do or any of I them. Don't know the like, I don't even know either. if it was a reciprocal. I don't even know. <laughs> I was just, just like, I was so <laughs> positive mm -hmm. that the left was going to land. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, do you really lose when you made like $50 million? Like, I don't think you lose. True. No. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Connor lost, and then, uh, you know, I tweeted on, like, Sunday night. I was like, well, a bet's a bet tomorrow morning. If you nice. want a good laugh, I'll be over at Mandalay Bay in a diaper walking around. And nice. uh, I tagged Mandalay Bay. This was on Twitter. And I guess Mandalay Bay security saw it. And they They sent you. it to George and Goes. They're like, hey, uh, tell your buddy that's not happening tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So then they called me, and they were like, well, you st come in. They said you can wear it. You can in do it studio. in the studio. Nice. So they were like, you just have to sit in front of the set in a chair holding a sign that says I'm wearing a diaper because I bet on Conor McGregor and you're not allowed to talk. Like you just have to sit there. This show's two fucking hours. Okay. I love it. So for two hours I'm sitting there and every once in a while they ridicule me, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. 
I think that George even gave me a rattle. I had to hold a rattle. A baby like, rattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just got so embarrassing. Worse. Yeah, it was so bad, you know. <laughs> and uh, and then when it was over, George, I was like, all right, well, see, I paid up. And George was like, no, yeah, it just it wasn't enough. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean it wasn't enough? I just sat here with a diaper for two hours. What do you mean it's not enough? And he said, well, public humiliation is what we were looking for. That was the point of you walking around the casino, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this was humiliating. I got news for you sitting here in a diaper. And they're like, no, we want to we see the people react. Did you go to Fremont? No. They made me walk. Uh, we, we took that tram over to uh, the... Excalibur. And he was yeah. on the bridge, the uh, pedestrian bridge from New York, New York to Excalibur. Ooh. And keep in mind. That's probably. August 28th, that oh, fight. Oh, so it's hot as hell. It's yeah. Hot. Oh. Yes, yeah. it's hot as hell. He's got on the diaper, the sign, the rattle, a hat. I was wearing a green the, hat, a Lucky Clover hat, like for Connor, and some gr- green, green Air Jordans. Air Jordans, yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, and uh, yeah, but it ended up on like front page of USA Today, uh, Bleach Report. Colin Cowherd uh, had a little video of me, clip of me out there. You know, fan pays crazy, you know, crazy bet, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was on a plane like a couple days later going to L.A. on a Southwest flight. This guy fucking taps me on the shoulder. I turn around. He's like, are you the diaper guy? I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So I love it. It was all right. I I, I owe up a couple bets right now, but that's. Yeah. Do you? For what? I was a dumbass when I made this bet. I was 17. Wait, you still owe a bet from 17? You're 31? (laughs) I I owe my brother this, but it's it's, uh, it's pretty embarrassing. But yeah. I thought the uh, Pentagon was going to release some files, and they didn't. Which files? I can't talk about, can't <laughs> talk about it. So I owe, I owe Tattoo. Wait, from when you were 17, so it's like 15 years ago. Hold on. Yeah. I'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Uh, 15 years ago. You know? What? I don't know. What files are you talking about? No, but it's 13 oh. years ago. Right. Math. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it was 17. Well, yeah. yeah it was four, okay, so. I was a dumbass. I'm trying to think of what happened <laughs> back then. Uh... A lot of UFO stuff. A lot of conspiracy. Okay, yeah. some UFO stuff. Yeah. Some some, some <laughs> alien beings, you yeah. thought. Yeah, I thought the government would just release it like they did this week. So I asked him, like, hey, they actually released the, the footage? And he's like, no, it's too late. So I still owe up on that. But I, I'll make a... Oh, but they, they did release it. They did. And so I was right, just not the right time. It was just a little late. A little yeah, or, but see, you know. here's the thing. You have tattoos. Yes. Okay? If we were to bet and if tattoos, neither one of us has any, that mm-hmm. would be... You know, mm-hmm. what, what do you have to get a tattoo saying? That's the question. That's the uh, it's the dinger. Okay. It's, it's uh, I have to get initials. Okay. And that's that's as far as it is. Okay. Yeah. But right. placement is everything. So that's like Woodley. Woodley. Where did Woodley get the tattoo? Didn't middle he finger. Go, he had to get a tattoo for Jake Paul, right? Mm-hmm. And hey, John Anik has a tattoo. Two oh nine. No, he does. Yes, oh. I'm pretty sure he does. I, I don't know who that is, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, you do. John Anik is one of the commentators for UFC. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, the worst Yeah, he had a bet with Nate Diaz, right, uh, for Great something. Great guy. So, shout out. <laughs> yeah? Oh, yeah. I love those guys. Nick used to be one of my favorite. Well, he still is, but, I mean, you know, one of my favorite fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Diaz is actually the fighter that really got me hooked mm-hmm. on MMA. I, um, I was working with Frank Trigg. Uh, I used to own a PR firm mm. uh, years ago, and um, Frank Trigg was one of my clients when he was um, with Pride and then UFC. Mm-hmm. But when he was with Pride, um, he was an, a commentator as well. Mm-hmm. So he would do, sometimes he would, this one time he fought here at Thomas and Mac, he fought and then he jumped into the booth. 
Uh, like after love it. the fight, like maybe like after one fight, you know, showered up, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, Nick Diaz was on that card against Takanori Gomi. Oh man! And the fight, and Dan Henderson was on that card. The mm-hmm. card was like crazy. Yeah, and that was the first time I'd ever been to like a live fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh my god, hooked. no, the dude brings it, man. Yeah, like no point fighter, like the dude just wants to beat people, right? Like, and you gotta respect it. Yeah. You know. What do you think about that? I we talk about this a lot. Like like mm-hmm. we'll be at the fights and like there's there are some fighters. It seems like they when they get to a certain level, mm-hmm. they completely change the way they used to fight, mm-hmm. and they now fight not to lose. I think it's with everything, and once you get a little taste of success, you won't do the things that got you there. Right. I think that as soon as you get comfortable, oh, I got this contract locked in. Oh, I'm getting all these services. I'm the I'm the man. I'm this. I'm that. Your value of what you did goes down dramatically. I see it all the time. Yeah. And it's like these these fighters are, um, they'll work hard to a certain point and then they'll coast. And then they'll either sink or swim. Um, and Connor, I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Damn, damn, do you know, not so, speak ill of the king. <laughs> so I've seen, I've seen it firsthand and um, it's, it's very sad because a lot of the guys who would kill to get a third of whatever you're getting paid don't even get the time of day and recognition or right. anything. Um, like if you were to take somebody who's, you know, barely hitting a three fight win streak and they get a call up, they're gonna be hungry. And then you see it all the time. They get the call, they they win on the contender series, and then they just coast. Right. And then it just poof. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. And it happens a lot. Yeah. I feel like I see that. And then the other thing that drives me nuts that I feel like happens um is Guys come up with a certain style, mm-hmm. and then someone gets a hold of them, or multiple people get a hold of them, mm-hmm. and they go, "Yeah, that's great. That worked for the lower level, the non-ranked guys." Yep. But as you move up, you can't fight like that. And I, I think that's bullshit. I mean, maybe 100%. there's some truth to it. Uh, you know, I'm not a coach or a fighter, <laughs> but I just feel like don't fix it if it ain't broke. If it's not broken, don't fix it at all. I agree with that. I also feel like people get too. They allow too many uh, chefs in the kitchen, too many oh, right. allowed uh, voices. And I'm not just talking about fighters. I'm talking about people in general. Yeah. Like, the more that you allow somebody else to dictate your life, you've already lost your life. And I I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. Sure. You know? Um, oh, if you do this, I love you. No, forget that. You, yeah. You're going to take me as I am. And if you don't, cool, yeah. somebody else will. And it's easy to fall into that trap. Yes. And because um, when you are in a rough patch... Or on a downward uh, mm-hmm. trajectory, yeah. you almost get not desperate, but like you just want out of that yeah. what you're in, and so you will, you'll like you'll run with you know, oh, yeah. especially with someone that you respect their yeah. opinion or some you know uh, a close friend, whatever, mm-hmm. right? It's like you you can you can really get off kilter like that. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, um, it, it's hard when you're in the storm, but you got to remember storms pass. Yeah. You know, and some people can't see what's in front of their face or their own trajectory or anything like that. You just got to keep moving. You got to keep moving forward. One of my favorite quotes from uh, Winston Churchill is there's never uh, a non-believer in a foxhole. Mm. And Mm -hmm. if you knew about Churchill, you'd understand that he was one of the greatest generals out there. Uh, But you got to believe that you're going to get out of that situation. And that's what drives those guys to be great and to stay alive and keep those guys alive and you know, that resonates deeply with me. So when I was in that storm, I was in that valley, I just kept telling myself it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And now it's 
amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask you. So like now it seems like you're, I mean, you've, you've pulled yourself completely out of it. Is that accurate? I would like to say I, I, I had people help me get back up. Yeah. I didn't do it all yeah. on my own. I couldn't lie about that. Not at all. Um, was the choice of mine to not sit down mine? Yes. But did I have friends? Did I have supporters? Yes. I was able to get up and get moving and people want to help those people who help themselves. Yeah. So my life's a 180 degree turn. Um, I'm now helping people get to their dreams. And it's just, it's a blessing to even still be here. It's crazy. You know, when, when you came up to me the other day mm -hmm. and you said something, you, you said something like, we finally meet mm -hmm. or something like that. In my head, I felt like I've already met you just yes. from social media because yes. you, you're so open and honest. Like in my head, like I didn't, mm -hmm. even, I honestly didn't even realize it was the first time that we had met. Yeah. Yeah. Like, had you not said that, I, I would have just, I just assumed we had, like, I don't, you know. Yeah. No, I'm very transparent. I'm very open. And I feel like a lot of people look at that as well. He's just looking for attention. No, I just, I want people to see me as I was, see me where I'm at and see me where I'm going. Yeah. Because I don't want none of the credit. I just want people to be like, hey, if this guy can do it, I can do something. And even if it's, you want to create a coloring book you want to draw my mom used to tell me i'm going to support you even if you want to color outside the lines <laughs> and i was like that's support so i just took that and i've just been running with it and now um i'm doing things that i never even thought of even doing and like <laughs> i mean getting back to fighting like when yep. I, I got cleared by the same doctor that held my face together after the fight wow and he was all like i'm glad you didn't give up because he saw he sees it all the time guys get orbital fractures or complete blowouts and they're like they'll never do that again they they disappear from the sport they don't go through the hard parts the ridicule the weight gain whatever it is and they never go to the other side i went through the shit i went through hell and i kept going when it happened yeah. did you immediately know like oh i'm no. fucked no. no so adrenaline like keeps so it. we were fighting and i was beating the dude's leg like just kicking and the jab came out and the finger slipped under the eye um, and so I hit the cage and I'm like, I'm fine. The ref's asking me to open my eye and I'm immediately just like this, my eye sunk backwards and I'm like, no, nah, I just, I can't see out of my right eye. And so he called it. I'm like, dude, I was doing great. I want to keep fighting. He's like, no, you can't. Cause it's an eye injury. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I went and, and that's a loss or no contest. It was a loss. Not yeah. Wow. So I, okay. terrible. <laughs> so we were, uh, we're going to dinner and trying to get a drink in and I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't feel good. So me being a man, I uh, <laughs> so there was no, it didn't break the skin at all. It was nothing. Just, it like I, I, I don't know if it's because my face was conditioned from all the ass weapons I've gotten, or <laughs> just because you know it was a freak accident. I didn't know. So I'm driving um, from work back home. I used to live in Inspirata, and so I pull over over by Star Street, uh, right by Cactus, and I'm like, dude, I, I'm about to throw up. So I throw up, and then I'm like, okay, let me call my girl. So I call her. I'm like, hey, I'm going to the doctor. I don't, I don't feel good. So I pull in and I go to the ER. I'm like, hey, I just, I don't know if it's a concussion. I don't know if I just, I'm how, sick. How long is it after the fight? A week. A week, okay. A week. So like I'm traveling, wow. I'm doing everything. And um, immediately I started throwing up. So I pull into St. Rose and they're like, okay, well, what happened? Like, what have you been doing the last couple of days? I'm like, well, I got into a fight on Friday. You know, I fought. And they're like, oh, so head trauma. Okay, cool. Let's, let's give them an MRI. And I'm like, dude, I can't afford this, blah, 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 whatever. So they're like, no, nah, we're just going to run some tests. So as soon as I get in the MRI, they see the, it's like a black line right here. So it's just a piece of bone just missing. And they're like, we need to get you into surgery ASAP. And so they're like, your brain is concussed. 
you're going to feel like crap. So we have to strap you in an ambulance and drive you to UMC. So they drive me to UMC. And so the doctor's all like, yeah, this is, this is really bad. So he calls the UNLV doctor of medicine for orbital fractures and stuff. So he calls me and he's like, yeah, we're going to have to perform it today. Oh, wow. Yeah. So immediately I'm like, okay, cool. So I get the surgery done. Uh, I'm in and out of there within a day. I go to work. I was working security and, uh, my eye was just black, like think of like a, a mask like this. And so I go to work looking like this and they're like, yeah, you can't go to work like that. I'm like, I can't go home. You know, my, my lady and me are arguing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're like, well, can't be here. So they kick me out. So they, that was kind of me on the way out. And so instead of going home, like a dog with my tail between its legs, cause you know, can't bring home the bacon. You ain't worth nothing. So uh, I pull into the gym and I just cry. I'm like, dude, this is my life is is over. I'll never fight again. I'll never um, amount to what I could be. And so I sleep from midnight till 6 a.m. and then I go home 6 a.m. next morning. And then work progressively got worse. And the incidences that I was in um, took an emotional toll. I was uh, I stopped. Uh, now this story is absolutely insane. Um, I needed therapy for it for about two years afterwards. I stopped uh, a mom who was sex trafficking her daughter. Oh, my God. It made national headlines, and I had to go to court, and I had to do all this. So This was out here? Yeah, it was on the Las Vegas Strip. I can't talk about the hotel. I got but, you. But I... Uh, <clears throat> rhymes yeah. with... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's in the headlines, so you already know. They uh, So I was just walking around the bar. Um, and working or were you... Working. No, I was working. And like under undercover, or, okay. And uh, there was this, there was this little girl, and I was like, "There's no way this little being 18. petite, petite." And okay. so I'm like, "Okay, she clearly is not a physique of a, of a woman." So I'm just I'm doing my job, trying to keep my job. And so I'm like, "All right, well, give me your ID." And this woman comes out, and "What are you talking to my daughter for?" Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Ma'am, like she looks intoxicated. I want to get her some help." So I bring her back into our interrogation room, our holding cell, whatever, and I separate them. The moment I separate them, uh, I sit her down. I get her some water, and I'm like, well, tell me about yourself. And she's all like, here's my phone. Why don't you look at the videos? And, um, oh, wow. Yeah. She was about how old? She was 12. <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting emotional, and I'm sorry. But no, uh, no. the woman's mom was arrested by the FBI. We called them. And the little girl just knew, like, she, it was so hard for her to talk. She, she just thought was, it was normal. She was conditioned. She's been doing it since she was seven. And so she's like, yeah, we fly out to Vegas every week. My mom does this, blah, blah, blah. And the two she didn't even think twice about telling you everything. No, because I was just talking to her like a human. I was just right. like, what are you doing here? Like, you're not, right. you're not supposed to be at my bar. Like, you're not in trouble. Right. But at that moment, she was all like, look at my phone. And it was recordings of the two dudes that we arrested. So not only could I not intervene the way that I'd want to as a man. Sure. I had to be respectful about it so i'm like sir you need to come with me i chained that man up in handcuffs threw his ass in the room and uh, i had to go home that night because i was so like i was like give me give me the room and i was gonna <laughs> beat the shit out of this sure. these two guys and uh so they so cps came they take her away i have to go to court for it so two months later and this is october uh we go to downtown you know the big jail uh, not jail but the law house yeah or, yeah sure so she gets hit with seven felony counts of human trafficking, prostitution, sexual abuse of a minor, all this stuff. And she's like, that's not my daughter. So I'm like, this woman has the same last name. She's literally using this woman 
And so she she's looking at life already in some detention facility. And I'm all about. But that was the hardest thing I've ever done. And so, I bet. like, I had a lot of like back and forth. I'm like, I want to get out of security just because of that. You see is. the worst of the worst. It was the worst. Like, I, I I'm I arrested a prostitute I went to high school with. Like, this is nothing to us. Are you from here? San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco, right? I'm okay. from, from San Francisco, yeah. And uh, I arrested chicks with, you know, who stole Rolexes, who trick rolled people. Oh, trick rolling. Oh, the best. You know, trick rolling? Yeah, yeah so, so trick rolling basically is prostitute comes to the room, mm-hmm. guy drugs. goes to the bathroom mm-hmm. or sounds asleep. He, she grabs watches, cash, and oh. takes off. Oh, excuse me. Always through the staircase because mm-hmm. there's no cameras. You, and you used to hear about this when you were at the concierge it. all mm-hmm. the time. See it. Oh, yeah. So as he's speaking watches, I had this one time that we had to escort a prostitute to the restroom. And I thought it was a gun because our toilets were metal. Right. So she's in the bathroom. I hear a metal clink. Metro tells me to kick down the door. We kick down the door. And it's a $75,000 Rolex. That she was going to flush? No, she had it in her. Oh, 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 oh gotcha. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So she was trying to take it off, put it on like it was hers. And Right. So I had to go in and grab it with gloves and put it in a bag. And we arrested the guy for prostitution, which is by law. You can't do that here. And this was a, and that's the other catch to it is a lot of times the guy they won't doesn't want to report it right because now and then he's in trouble for prostitution right mm-hmm. then he's also got to deal with his wife at right. home right and everything else yeah yeah so yeah, it's it kind was, of a no win situation yeah so I dealt with that and then they were like yeah you're fired so I'm like okay oh wait why were you fired just because there was too much pressure and then, yeah yeah and then uh, I lawyered up and they found out I had a lawyer so they just cut ties okay yeah. And then once I told my lady, she was my ex, she was like, uh, well, you got to find something. So the whole month of November 2019, I didn't leave the house. I was just applying to jobs. I was like, I could work at McDonald's. I could work. I'm anywhere. glad you're not with the ex anymore. But by I the way. You, know, and, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you probably know this from that is, and you don't know this because, you know, you don't have a nine to five job. <sighs> but guy. it's not only you apply for all these jobs, but you don't get calls back. You no. get nothing. No. You get nothing in return. It is <clears> the most frustrating <throat> thing in the world it's like talking to a wall yeah like and then no, and then like no four feedback. or five months later you'll get like a notice in the mail thank you for applying um, but yeah we want somebody, somebody, went with somebody mm-hmm. else but we'll keep your uh, name on file for future reference yeah you get no opportunity it's ridiculous and now it's so interesting to me how that whole thing has changed and now they're desperate mm-hmm. for people hiring right. bonuses yes and, right, I mean, right yeah i mean cosmopolitan giving each of their employees last week five thousand dollars yeah I mean, that's because they want to keep them. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. What are you just going through your head right now? Nothing. Nothing I can... Nah, bullshit! <laughs> Can't say? All right. Damn! Yeah. <laughs> it's good, whatever it is, I can tell. Juicy. <laughs> um, Another story? That, no, that was... I, no, I, I, I... Oh. There's... Yes. Okay. He, he's not putting it together. I, I'll, I'll fill him in later. Well, you've... Damn, why am I late to the party? I'm tired oh today. God. Um, so <clears throat> you mentioned your past. You mentioned yeah. what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. What is the future? For yeah, let's end on a happy note here. I, I think just the <laughs> fact that I'm able to help people uh, with pad work and coaching and stuff like that. found my niche with it, and I love that. I don't need to get paid for it. I just I love it. But it's a blessing I get paid for it, too. But yep. um, I get to do that. But um, I'm considering going back to school, be like HVAC or... Massage therapy or something like that. Long term, trying to not to do the whole. But would you want to be like a head coach, like yeah, for one hundred percent? Well, I'm I'm a certified uh, instructor from my lineage out in Thailand, mm-hmm. and um, I want to open up a gym one day. But 
since right now the most populous thing in Vegas is gyms and you know bars, I'm not going to do well. So I'm like, if I move out of Vegas, we'll see. But as of right now, I just I'm very fortunate for the opportunities I have, and that's what I want to do. Um, so it's a sat- you think it's a saturated market right now for gyms here? Yes, yes. I mean, every other corner there's a new gym, which I think is great. Everybody right. should be in a gym. From the moment you're able to articulate feelings, you should be in a gym. Um, people would be a hell of a lot stronger if they found out that they're not as fragile as they think you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, gyms and bars, are, they're everywhere in Vegas. I think if I wanted to do something, I might do promoting myself. Really? Mm-hmm. Give people the opportunity to live their dreams, make coin off of it, and you know push the next level. I think that there's a need, especially in Vegas, for Muay Thai promoters and... You know, with that type of business, you could travel and, you know, it's growing. So, yeah, love to be a part of that. Well, man, I, I love your story. I love that you're you were able to rebound in a time, you know, COVID obviously yeah. affected so many people in so, so many negative ways, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to go from homeless and keep your head up and stay positive through the whole Mm-hmm. thing i mean i remember i watched it i watched it yeah. on on instagram on instagram you, now you just you know you you did what 90 percent of people say they want to do but they don't is reach out and they just were like hey no matter what you're going through it gets better and that's what you told me yeah and you were kind and i guarantee you if people could just be more kind to each other um things would just be better all around because that one act was all like I can do this. I can turn it around. And I'm not saying that that was just the one and done deal. Sure. Because trust me, like I've, I've been back. I've gone back and forth. But since the time that we had first talked in 2017, I'm just, I, I don't want to call it like I'm blazing a trail, but like I can't even describe how I got to where I'm at today. Yeah. You know? Hey, even Julian went through it. Julian, yeah. uh, m- maybe not, not to that degree that you, you, but he had surgery. Went he, through, but yeah, surgery and then depression mm-hmm. and and not being able to compete and yep. then and look having, what he did when he came back. He just right. reminded people. Yeah, reminded them of who he was and you can't you can't keep a blessed man down. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So well, man, you got anything else before we wrap up? I got shit. You got nothing. Yeah, I got you got nothing. nothing for me. No, nope. I got one for you. Yes, John Jones at heavyweight. Yes, does he beat everybody? Uh I don't ever want to compare anybody to anybody, but John Jones is John Jones. His biggest opponent has always been himself. Right. And I think he's surrounding himself with good people now. In heavyweight, I would love to see him use what he's good at, his legs, his reach, his elbows. He's a great striker. Does he demolish and run through everybody? I don't think so. But does he win? Does he competitive? Oh, 100%. Does he run through Stipe? Run through? No. No, Stipe is a mountain of a man. <laughs> the dude is technical. He's smart. There's no quitting those guys. He's a yeah. firefighter. So right. it's like the guy is built different. You know, maybe he can run through <clears throat> top 15, have great fights at top 10. But the heavyweight division is either you're really, really making noise or you're just right. You're getting rotated. Do you think we ever see John Jones versus Francis? Yes. Really? I believe that could happen, yes. So you think Francis will stick in the... See, I say the same thing, that he, he doesn't think Francis is going to stay in the UFC. Nope, I don't. Why? I, he, where's he I going? Do, I don't think he... I don't... He's not going anywhere. I think they're going to strip him of the title because he won't fight. And I think he's going to... Well, technically he's injured right now, right? Or no? Yeah. No, he's recovering. He's recovering. I mean, the fact that he's still won with... <coughs> That, no knees yeah. is like yeah i just think the dude it, is so amazing no, and, and, and i think that he's going to stick to his guns and i think he's 
and rightfully so with the um, fighter pay and, and all that sh- kind of crap going on. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't. But Dana's a businessman. I, and I that's know he a is. Good, I know that he is. is good business, John Jones versus Ngannou. I, I completely know he is, but I just, I, I don't. I don't know. I think he's going to stick to his guns. That's just my opinion. Okay. I got a couple more fighters I'm going to ask you about before we quit. Okay. Uh, Patty the Batty. I like him. Love him. I don't love him, but I like him. I okay. Like, I, uh, he gets hit. He gets hit, but I mean, the dude is enter- entertaining. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I hope to see him on that uh, that card in London on my birthday, so hopefully he does well over there. Um, but I do like him. I, I think he is... What the sport needed in like a revitalizing sense. Yep. I'm not going to call him the next Connor because there will never be another Connor. But entertainment value, I love the guy. Okay, speaking of Connor, mm-hmm. whenever he comes back, mm-hmm. does he win no matter who he's fighting? Is he going to win? That's up to him. You know, I want to. I want to see him throw down. I want to see guys go out on their shield. You know, that's just my style of fighting. But um, like, if he would fight Aldo, or if he, you know, even 155, I think he'd be. A good matchup. Throw him in the top five? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do okay. that. Uh, you got one? I got more. I got more. Jake Paul. Ooh. I think his marketing is amazing. amazing. I think his work ethic is amazing. Um, it makes guys like me a bit harder to break into that, like, that type of pay structure. But he's doing things that benefits all fighters. Am I going to smack talk him? No. Uh, would he fight somebody at his weight? It, his skill set, I don't know. I know a lot of guys that could beat him, you know, at 185, if it's just boxing or if it's MMA. Oh, you can select every single person. That's the issue. Yep. Okay. You know? True or false and why? Mm-hmm. True or false, Michael Chandler will be the champ in 155 division at some point. At some point, yes. I like that. Yes, I one like point. That. May not be this year. Like Marino said, may not be today, may not be next year, maybe not tomorrow, but sometime that man is going to get the right formula down for the guys and everybody in that top three is so versatile you got islam you got Oliveira, and now you got connor coming back yep. but is okay. connor gonna stay at 155 though he's talks, he, he's talks he's 170 he, he's probably at 200 right now yeah the man's thick he's big yeah strong yeah i don't know i i think i don't know if he's big enough for 170 still though I mean, the power's there. The we power's there. We know that. But, like, I'm a short heavyweight, which right. is terrible. I should be a 205er. But physically, I don't think I'll ever be a 205er. With him, he can go from 45, 55. If they create the 65 division and give him against Chandler, that's that's money right there. Um, the UFC is doing really well at keeping not every 10 pounds of weight class, which is something I respect. But if they were to open it, 65, 95, and 235, I think those divisions would be great. Yeah, Connor has trouble with the guys bigger than him. Yes, he had trouble with Nate first time, even the second mm-hmm. time. I still think he won that fight, but it was a, mm-hmm. obviously it was a war. Mm-hmm. You know, Poirier round the second time around was yeah. bigger Poirier. Mm-hmm. He has trouble with the guys when they're bigger. Uh, other than oh, okay, true or false, mm-hmm. Khabib at some point will fight again. As as a fight fan, I want to say yes. Will fight again. Will fight again. I want to say yes as a fight fan. Yes, but as a man that knows his. Core values and the promise that he made, that is the hardest thing. He he promised his mom. I I'm a mama's boy too, so I I don't think he breaks that for a couple years. Say things change or things happen, you don't know. But this little spicy talk he's talking right now. Yeah. Did you hear what he talked? He's been talking mad. Yeah. Did you hear about that? A while back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then she came back. Ariana's coming back with him 
talking shit again. Yeah. Because he said something in Miami again. Yeah. She stands up for herself. She doesn't like when they... She did the same mm-hmm. thing to Ronda. Ronda talked some shit. Yeah. No, I wouldn't talk shit to Ronda. I think if Eagle takes a dip, I think he steps in to boost it. Mm. Oh, and he fights for Eagle. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Fight a drone promoter and be dangerous. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And, and then the other thing with Eagle is <clears> keep in mind that all their... Well, not all their fights, but a good portion of their fights have always been in Russia. And they are moving now because of everything going on there mm-hmm. to Miami, mm. which is great. Which is great, yeah. yeah. And but Miami is the only one that will support them right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegas will not support Eagle. Oh, really? Because of UFC politics? Yeah, that makes sense. You want to support home team? Yeah, that makes you know? sense. I don't think that's terrible. No. Um, Let Miami have the uh, the Eagle FC. True or false? The greatest welterweight of all time, GSP, and he is the greatest welterweight of all time. Uh oh, that's got to look. Uh, he will fight again. He's coming back again at some point. He can't stay away. I think there is a possibility that he fights again. <laughs> yes, I true. love it. You know true. what? If you would ask me that question <clears throat> a week ago, I would have said no. But after talking to Randy last week, and being 53 years old or 55 yeah. years old, whatever he is, and telling us the only reason he's not fighting today yeah. is because of his neck. Right. Because physically he can't. Right. That mentality is always there. Yeah. yeah. They just fighters want to fight, man. So when I was 17, my instructor was 29, ex-Marine. He thought he was done. Gives himself six months. They give him a call. They're like, hey, you want to fight? Mind you, this was his first time in like five years fighting. Goes and knocks the dudes out. Doesn't fight for two years. Comes 37, still training, still doing everything. Age is nothing but a mentality. You know, like if your body can physically handle it at 35, 40, fight. Yeah. You know, if you get cleared medically, I don't see an issue with it. Okay, last question. Okay. I went over and I picked up a couple boxes (laughs) of IDK pizza. I got to try it. Because you mentioned IDK pizza. I did. I was excited. I'm Your gonna... thoughts on IDK Pizza. I know you're not D- uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool here doing a pizza review, but what's your take on IDK Pizza? It, it was great. There you go. I really. There you go. John, he didn't have a piece. He's I'll, I'll have one. Hold on. He didn't, he didn't officially have a piece. Nutritionist. If you didn't see it on camera, it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, this comes out. We can we can well, hold this. this. <laughs> we'll put this out so after next week. Your fight was last week. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, we're yeah, good. yeah. Push it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, man, thank you so much. No, this was really fun. We'll have to thank do this again. Yes. And uh, uh, July sixteenth in L.A. I think I'm getting ready. Where in that. L.A.? Do you know? No, it's undisclosed. I haven't. Okay. No. July sixteenth. Ooh, I might be able to come to that. We will actually be in L.A. that weekend for oh. uh, the All Star game. Oh. Okay. We are? We are. Yes, we are. It's happening. We're in L.A. that weekend for the All-Star Game. We'll coordinate. I'm at Del Mar the 22nd of July. Okay, July's a big fuck-off work. I'm turning 31, going to be in Mexico. When's your birthday? July 23rd. Wow, all right. Very good. Getting tequila spit in my mouth. There you go. (laughs) There you go. That's a good time. Always. All right. Uh, George, I don't know if you end the show better than Travis ends the show, but actually... Uh, Chase started this show, and I didn't even realize we transferred power to you. You ready for this shit? Yeah. All right, here we go. Do it the right way.